Welcome to Built Brave. Driven women sharing their stories to show others what is possible for them. Because we were all born brave. I'm your host, Lo Wentworth, and this is Built Brave. Are you ready? Hello, everyone, and I'm so excited for this week's guest, Bethany. She is the founder of Her Sports Stories, and Her Sports Stories is a community for former athletes to figure out who they are again and how to navigate life when they're no longer competing, no longer working with that team in that setting anymore, and no longer working for a personal best And what does it look like for them to transition their athletic mindset and the tools and skills they learned into everyday life? And I just love this conversation with her because this episode isn't just about athletes transitioning from competing into quote-unquote working in the real world and navigating the real world like the rest of us we do. And the thing about athletes, and my personal take is on it, is that once an athlete, always an athlete. Just because you're not competing anymore never means that you're not an athlete. Double negative, that cool means. But the point being is you spent years dedicated in a sport, working towards it, falling in love with it, learning the ins and out of it. And just because you're not competing anymore doesn't mean that part of you ever left. I know I went through my own situation of figuring out who I was when I was no longer playing basketball anymore because of injuries. Um, that would not allow me to continue playing on at any level after high school. But it was still hard for that transition for me because I dedicated so many years. I was on a traveling basketball team. I was playing, like, working out in the summers all year round. Every sport I did besides basketball was how can this support me when I played basketball. There was only basketball, and then basketball was gone. And I didn't learn to accept my own identity with that of being an athlete and switching my mindset around what my court looks like now. So my court looks like a gym. It looks like a yoga mat. And yes, yoga mat can be considered a sport because 99% of any sport is mental. And when you step on the mat, it's just you in the, the four corners of the mat. Or it's just you and doing that squat rack. Or it's just you and running those laps if you're training for a marathon or whatever it may be. You're still an athlete. You're still doing that and you're still facing yourself in many different ways. You're just not competing anymore. And we live in society that's like if you're not competing, you're no longer an athlete. Which is 100% untrue. Like how do you get rid of that mindset of yours? But I digress. I mean, I love this episode because we also bring in tangible things that anyone can use when they feel like they lost their identity, when they feel lost and confused and don't know who they are and don't know how to transition to this next chapter of their life. I mean, a lot of it could be you guys are going through a quarter life crisis, whatever that looks like, and trying to figure out who you are again and what it looks like and what do you want and who do you want to be. And I just really do love this episode. I mean, I'm so passionate about it. 
people finding themselves again and shifting their mindset and things that supports them to show up in the best version of their lives. So guys, I'm so excited to hear what you get from this episode and let us begin. Hello everyone, I am so excited to have today's guest on. It is Bethany. She has founded her sports story podcast, which I love so much as myself of being a former athlete. So I want to thank you for coming on, Bethany, and I'm so excited to have you on today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, anytime that I get to talk to another former athlete, literally like just straight magical connection happens and just even when we hopped on the phone like oh that must have been a few months ago now what it feels like but mm-hmm. we just we could talk forever and that is no surprise and I absolutely love it fills up my heart so happy to be here yeah it's really like you said the instant connection of like former athletes because they go through a very specific thing Um, So going into that, like, what's your story? How'd you get into the, or created the podcast and all of that? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess starting from somewhat the beginning, I started gymnastics when I was about six years old. My mother put me in it because I was extremely shy and she was like, we need to break you out of your shell. As well as I kept like, you know, walking all over furniture and retaining walls and doing cartwheels. So she's like, okay, we need to like balance this. So I started in gymnastics at six. That led me to a 15 year career. And within that 15 year career included times of burnout, times where I quit my sport, actually walked away from my sport twice during high school, right after a college recruiting me and became a high school cheerleader and got to experience all the things that a high schooler does. And then once recruiting letters start coming back in the mail, I was like, oh, maybe I should try this whole college gymnastics thing. So, which led to me going to Sacramento State and competing for our gymnastics team for about three years. One of those years in which I was red shirting and out on injury for the entire year and competed successfully for two years and then ended on injury really and I had a very love-hate relationship with the sport and I think a lot of athletes can relate in that so when I was done with my sport I immediately was like well I gotta I gotta jump to the real world and get job experience so I hit the ground running like I picked up any internship I could, any part-time job, just to get on that like full-time job track, right? We're mm-hmm. all like instructed to like go to go to college, get the full-time job, and you know, be a part of societal's expectations. So I did that. I did the thing. And I knew I wanted to stay in sports and work in college athletics because I really had found a passion in there while kind of serving on what's called Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Uh, it's kind of like student athlete government in a way mm-hmm. um, at my at Sacramento State. So got exposed there, did the whole grind for professional development experience, and then landed my first full-time role in 
fundraising in the Sacramento State Athletics Department. And it was then where I sat in the desk for eight hours for the first time mm. and realized, oh God. one, is this what we do? <laughs> Two, <laughs> you know, why do I miss my sports so much right now? And I haven't really, I mean, I think you miss your sport and you kind of process it, but I hadn't really processed it. Mm -hmm. And also my love-hate relationship, I was like, bye, it's been real. Thanks for all the memories. And so I kind of, I don't think I processed it properly until I had a moment to sit still. Mm. And then once I realized that, I started looking at literally the Google search bar was my best friend of like former wor or workouts for former athletes, um, you know, how to stay fit after being a gymnast, finding your identity or finding your purpose after sport. And so I was just on this search. And although I had other teammates kind of going through this, these similar experiences, for some reason, we weren't like connecting on it. Mm. I don't know if that's because the expectation was like that you graduated and you got your job and you're doing, you're doing the thing. So it should all be good. Right. You're right. Doing what you're exactly. And then I don't know why I, you know, I talk about it with my closest friends and then we would relate very much about how we were feeling, but I'd always wondered why wasn't there a place where former athletes could connect on these topics? Why wasn't there like, there's gotta be some website or, you know, social media that was like in 2014. So, you know, like six ish years ago, but I was like, there's gotta be something. I didn't really find, I found things that were close, but not what I was looking for. So fast forward, gosh, uh, two more years, three more years in my professional career. By this time I had had a, two other full-time jobs as an athletics ticket manager and then working in fundraising at a community college. And one night, literally out of the blue, I was like, I need to interview former female athletes. And I think I'm going to call it her sports story. And so I like text my best friend and I'm like, I'm going to interview you on just like your sports story and advice for maybe current athletes going through it. So that's how it started. That's how the idea started. I literally had this Instagram, her sports story Instagram for a year with one post on it uh, because I just, I didn't really know which direction to go. I, you know, almost had that, what is it called? Perfectionism, procrastination or mm -hmm. one or the other, you know, where, where you want it to be perfect. So you just put it off. That's, that was me. So I, but I started just like gaining small traction and got really excited when I found other former athletes doing similar things or on their Instagram. And I immediately like messaged them and be like, Hey, I love what you're doing. We'd love to connect and maybe hop on a phone call. And so that's how everything kind of started. And literally after one phone call it was another and it was the whole domino effect and then at one point I realized like oh I love this so much it would be so cool if I could just I want to make it bigger I want to reach more people and so I hired a business coach and she asked me about starting a podcast and I was like you know this would put me way out of my comfort zone but I should do it mm -hmm. so I recorded my first podcast 
the audio quality is terrible. I uh, was on, I was using like a recording phone call conversation app and basically make, made like, or made us sound like we were underwater the whole time. Perfect. But I started and I, I absolutely loved it. And I love hearing women's former and former athlete stories and having a chance to connect on all these topics, but also realize that like you were a badass and you did some really cool stuff. And so when you're in your day to day, we don't think about that or we don't always like pat ourselves on the back or like you've come really far and you've done really cool things. And you now have a community to share in all of these life topics because there's this base, right? Like former athletes, we just connect and there's magic and we get it. Um, so yeah, that was my long-winded kind of overview from start to finish and pretty much currently where I am at of the Her Sport Story Evolution. Yeah, no, there's such a need for it though, because no one talks about it really as athletes. I mean, professional athletes talk about it a little bit, like going through like when they retire and then like trying to find their identity. But just because they did a professional sport doesn't mean any other person who's ever been an athlete or competitive athlete, let me correct that, competitive athlete who loses their identity when they're done competing. Because my whole philosophy is, and why I corrected myself on that, is that, like, once you're an athlete, you're an always an athlete. Right. Like, you create that mindset. It's part of who you are. Just because I'm not competitive in sports anymore doesn't mean I'm still not an athlete in some shape or form, moving my body and all of that. But, yeah, definitely went through a period of time where I'm like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? Like, (laughs) Yeah. Like, and even processing it. Like, I don't, I don't think I process like being done with the sport because my career ended early on my junior year of high school. I mm-hmm. tore, partially tore my ACL and tore my meniscus again. So I had a second knee surgery and I kind of sat back was like, oh, well, maybe this whole dream of going on and playing college athletics at whatever level isn't going to happen for me because I just had another injury so maybe Mm -hmm. I should take that as a sign Mm -hmm. but then even as a 17 year old you're like whatever this is what happens this is what everyone does and that was like the start of the the end of that identity for me yeah so yeah it's it's really a process and I think it comes with obviously maturity, right? Right. You know, whether we're retiring from a sport at 17 or 22, like there's a little, there's definitely growth in there, but it, we're still so young. And so it's really a journey. When I have athletes come in because I work at Sacramento State in their athletics department, more so as an academic advisor and life skills coordinator, but when I'm working with athletes who maybe just graduated or looking to graduate, they're like, I am going to be this. I'm going to get this full-time job, like, right after school. And I'm like, oh, I, yes, I love, like, that would be amazing. But there's so much, there's so much growth in the transition and almost in that void, that really, like, weird time where you're, like, where you've ended your sport and you're not sure what's next. And you have this whole like soul searching kind of Mm -hmm. moment where 
you really probably for the first time, you know, for a lot of us, get to really tune into yourself. And it's scary. It is so scary. Oh, God. You're like, what? Who am I? What am I doing here? I wanted that job because why? <laughs> but there's so much growth in it. And when I tell athletes that, they're kind of like, what? Because as athletes, we always had a formula, like formula mm-hmm. for strength, a formula to win. And so, yeah, there's a formula for, you know, getting a job and whatnot, but there's no formula for the transitioning of your identity or that emotional journey. No. It's gray area, all gray area. Mm -hmm. Because like when you're in the sport, you're training for the sport and then there's an off season. So you're still doing something. You have like some sort of schedule, like a coach is telling you what to do and you're like, you're trained yourself to have like, well, you do X and then Y and then Z and then you start all over again on the alphabet. And then when that's taken away, you're just like, oh crap, I, I have to decide. Well, what does that look like? Yeah. Oh God. It's scary. And, and even times, you know, now I'm like, I'm almost 30 and I still have those times where I'm like, wait, what? What am I deciding? How is this making me feel? And I think this is a, a part of life. There's mm-hmm. constant self-reflection, which is building your self-awareness, which is hopefully making it sometimes easier for you to either make a decision or truly lean into your intuition and that gut feeling or gut reaction you're having to whatever decision mm-hmm. it is. And I think that takes practice. And again, becoming kind of rooted in, in who you are. And that evolves so much when we're wrapped up in an athlete identity little bow over here. And then we unravel all of that and realize that athlete was a part of us. It was something we did. Mm-hmm. But it's not everything we are. And sometimes when we're in it, we associate so heavily with that identity and I know I did so much that if I had a bad practice like I had a bad life if I you know didn't do well at a meet it was like the sky was falling end of the world because I associated so much with it and it was definitely tied up in my heart for sure but when you go on this journey to unravel that and not have a tight or a tight association with like a sport or an identity. That is scary. That mm. is scary and a part of the process. But I think that's also becoming an adult, right? Or adulting or attempting to, like I am. <laughs> but it's all of that. I mean, talking in circles there, but it's all the things. It's everything from because as we talked about. You know, like you talked about schedule for athletes. When an athlete leaves a sport, they've left structure. They have left how they work out. They have left their uh, their close relationships and their teammates. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, I stopped, I stopped doing this today, and it's fine. There's so many other aspects tied into it, and I think that's where it also gets kind of it gets a little layered and a little tricky when you're starting to walk away from it. Most definitely. I mean, 
transition is hard, but for like anyone, like, especially like you said, like with athletes, like that's pretty much their whole support system for a while, like for a period of time. And then you're just like, wait, we're supposed to go off and do the things and like adulting, like mm-hmm. who knows what adulting is? Like to be, to be honest, like, I mean, I have conversations with my grandma all the time about it. And I'm like, I just tired of being an I'm adult. Like, what the- who said this was going to be cool? <laughs> <laughs> can I go back to kindergarten and have naps in the middle of the day again? Right. And can that be acceptable? No. Um, yeah, but- I think it's, I, I read a quote the other day that it said, adulting is consistent re- reparenting of yourself. <laughs> like, yes, it is. All of the time. I'm always trying to reparent myself or, you know, try to figure out what's the best decision or best option or where I want to go. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't end. It just changes with how like you evolve. Right. Mm. Um, Learning to navigate that. I know that's one of the things where like you talked about like athletes trusting their intuition and learning how to do that and trust their gut, Mm -hmm. but like outside of the court, outside of wherever, where, whatever sport they played and that's what I part in my own process and like learning that I'm like how can I translate that to like the real world quote unquote like mm-hmm. on the court it's like it was on the court like the opponents they had I had respect for them but they had to earn another level of respect like with the ball and all of that but I had like the utmost confidence I'm like I'm there to play I'm being the playmaker and making sure things are moving and doing that and I was just, it didn't matter like if I didn't get my third foul by halftime or after halftime I wasn't really doing my job mm. but it's like how do I translate that just like confidence into figuring out my own structure for myself like and that is do it or how did you start to do it? Because I know it's an evolution of things. It really is. And I had, you know, I think certain settings bring it out in you. And I, I think second guessing ourselves or not having initial confidence is a part of it. It's a part of the process. And it's like, okay, how do we gain confidence? Well, certainly, yes, we can do our like, affirmations and positive thinking but as I have heard from some of our I would say like thought leaders of today is that confidence is achieved by taking action and learning from the outcome no matter what because in sports think of how many times we failed or at least gymnastics like I can't tell you how many times I fell off the beam or bars or crashed but I got up and did it again and I did that skill again and again. And the, the consistent action put confidence or instilled confidence that like, yeah, I have fallen on that a time or two or a hundred times, but I've also bounced back from it. Mm-hmm. And I've also gotten really, really good at it. So I think there's this whole thing with athletes sometimes that we forget that we trained for years, mm-hmm. years, hours to be at the level that we were. So when we go into a professional career, why would we expect ourselves 
to be at that level so quick. And it's hard. It's hard as an athlete because mm-hmm. I think we, we all have a little bit of like ego in there. No, we have a lot of ego. We have a lot of ego. <laughs> we do well at everything that we do all of the time. But we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace and just, you know, be our own coach. Say, you know what? It's okay. I am new at this. I am learning. And it is okay to make mistakes as long as I bounce back in some regard or learn from the mistake. And don't say and don't stay down sitting and replaying the mistake over and over in your head again or, you know, reflecting back on it when you make another similar mistake. You're like, oh well I've made this mistake eight times. Who cares? We're human. We all make mistakes. So I think there's this expectation to just like be great at everything because you're a great athlete does not mean that you're going to just walk into any career and be amazing. Chances are you're going to be really good at it because of your inherent skills, Mm -hmm. competitiveness and drive and you're dedicated, but you're still new at it. And sometimes as weird as it sounds, it is exciting to feel like a newbie. Like when you get into a career for a while and you like, you know how it goes, Mm-hmm. sometimes you need failure to spice up your life oh and yes hey you need it <laughs> um so yeah that's kind of my thought on um confidence and building confidence after sport well it's so true like even like for basketball like you don't even have time like okay you made the mistake how do you adjust right and then you don't you don't even reflect on it really until like the next maybe the next practice but it's still like what like a finite of time because then you're getting ready for the next game mm-hmm. or like whatever that would be and it's just like okay cool you made a mistake move on right and then it's just like once the game's over then okay the game's over you won lost stuff worked stuff didn't work whatever mm-hmm. that's the fact of the game yeah but yeah it's still it's still hard and it's always feedback everything is feedback everything like no matter how you're working out or like how you're eating like checking with your body how's my body feel what's the feedback that I'm receiving from how I'm treating myself mentally how I'm treating myself physically Uh, there's always feedback for us to look at and learn from and it's humbling it's very humbling especially as a former athlete Right, because you don't really expect it or think like in the outside world, outside of the sport you're doing and being an athlete, and then afterwards you're like, oh, this is actually feedback. It's just a different form of it. But at the time, you're not used to it because, again, you've been training for that long, Mm -hmm. doing it for like however long you've been immersed, and then you come out and you're like, oh, this is how everyone else does it or like everyone else acts this way. And you're just like, I was just... Right. Can I go back to playing the sport? Can I go do yeah. that? And it was so normal for your coach to give you a correction, but then you get into a work world and your boss gives you feedback. And the first time that, you know, maybe it's not the most positive, you're kind of like, what? You know, it, even though your coach, like that was, that was daily and you didn't take it personally because mm-hmm. you knew your coach was trying to get you to the top level. Mm-hmm. And the same for supervisors and bosses. They, 
you know, will provide feedback, hopefully, because I want you to get to the top level right. and be an integral part of their team in an ideal world, right? But yeah, it's really interesting how those little aspects that we pick up from sports stay with us. And so, you know, I remember when I had like one of my first reviews, there was like a scoring system from like one to five and I got a three, which was satisfactory, which means like I was doing my job, Mm -hmm. but I was, I was like, what do you mean? Especially being a former gymnast, like scores are a big deal. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Like satisfactory. Like, and so, you know, even how I looked at scores or how I, um, approached my job sometimes like, a sport as intense as a sport when in reality your job does not need to be as intense as your sport was which is another thing of the whole like work-life balance because as athletes we're grinders and we'll, we'll go the extra mile we'll stay the extra hours we will run ourselves to the ground for the team whatever that looks like your sports team your uh, corporation whatnot but learning that in order to have the highest level of productivity or just even, I think, overall happiness and groundedness, you need to take care of you best first. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like athletes are part of team sports. They're like, well, I did everything for the team. I did everything for my teammate. And there are times where that transitions and you're doing everything for this company, but what are you doing for you? And this is whole, you know, like this could go on a whole self-care level, whatnot, but it's that mindset like, oh, I really need to take care of me and lean into taking space for yourself or trying to figure out what's next without always having to have this heightened awareness and desire to please everyone else and to please your team. It's like this interesting situation. Of course, you want to do well at work, but not at the expense of yourself. No, and that's super challenging. Like, I know that's one lesson I've learned over the the past year alone for myself is being like, all right, I actually need to like take a step back and take care of me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, I'm going to be severely burned out or uh, I'm just going to be like, I could end up one day just saying, screw it. Bye. Peace out. I'm done. Yeah. And just like all of that. But that's like, so true as like an athlete who's doing team sports. I mean, you're enjoying it. So it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like you feel like you're taking care of yourself and that everyone has your back. But when you get out into the real world, quote unquote, not always like corporate business is ruthless. It doesn't care how long you've did. It doesn't care how long, how many hours you put in. It doesn't care if you're a dedicated, loyal employee, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes that you, you get cut for yep. stuff that's not your fault, Yep. which is also really challenging again, because, yes. you know, we're used to wanting to be again as with women as especially like please and make sure everyone's taken care of and like doing all of that and still you know be driven and wanting to like grind and do these things but then it's just like what the hell is balance I know you 
It's balances. Uh, at least what I I went to like a professional development association type of conference mm-hmm. at one point in my life, and the gal that was presenting said, "I don't believe in balance. I believe in harmony. I believe in a little bit of give, a little bit of take. I believe in really good ups, and I." believe in really low lows and it's all that's the balance it's like for everything amazing that's going to happen there's probably going to be some not so great things that happen or for all those you know hours that you may have overdone at work the counter to that may may be that you don't have you you don't feel as good as yourself or have Mm -hmm. the free time to do what you want to do so where is that, where's that ebb and flow? Where's like, okay, I'm going to work the 40 hours a week that is expected of me. And I'm still going to do probably a really great job. And then I'm going to go home and actually be a pleasant person to be around and take care of myself so that I can take care of others that truly matter to me. And so I think it's a wave. I think it's ebb and flow like she said um because yeah there's no like 50 50 right oh, i love that harmony bringing harmony mm-hmm. that does that feels so much better it feels better right? it's like in my oh, body fluid i'm like you can push one way and pull another and you get to create that right and there's more like give and take and we're like balance again it's like well how do i achieve 50 50 and then yeah. then you're when you're trying to balance it's like okay it's 50 50 like laying on the couch for yeah. like half the time which right. for athletes is challenging in itself because we're like we're always doing something we always did something like we had that structured like we didn't really have all that time to like waste or watch tv or like do all the other things that maybe your mm-hmm. classmates did or even your peers did like video games like i never I've played like video games maybe a handful of times in my life but I'm like whatever we didn't even have a game console until I was 16 I think and Mm. that was only because my brother hit a home run because that was the bet that was the press with 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 my parents and he did that I believe the first game and so like got an xbox and he played it i didn't play it by that time i was like what 15 16 high school like i'm i don't have time to sit and do this (laughs) had a part-time job going to school like playing basketball all of that Mm -hmm. but wow yeah yeah and that's like another thing because i i was listening to i think a jay shetty podcast Mm mm-hmm the other day. I love him. I was listening to I him know. today. Uh, there's this one podcast episode about adults taking gap years. Or, and I was like, yes, yes to this. Um, I actually had, I had a friend recommend it to me. So, but what really kind of stuck with me that I hadn't thought about in a while, like when you're trying trying to maybe realign what you love and and kind of find yourself again it's like what did you love doing as a kid and what as a kid like if you told yourself that you can't do that anymore or you know someone said you know you can't do this thing you love 
what would that have been? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Because for a lot of us athletes, we were in sports. And of course, sports were what we loved, which is so confusing, right? Like, okay, I got out of sports. I retired, you know, I did the grown-up thing. But there was joy there. And so picking out elements of, yeah, your sport that you really like, but what else did you like to do? Like, did you like Foursquare? Like, did you like drawing? Um, did, what was your favorite TV show? And like taking certain elements as a kid and incorporating play again into our lives because I don't think we play enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of reignite our soul in that way. And I think our soul can be ignited a lot of different ways. I think at least one for me is connection, like connecting how we are right now. Huge, like lights my soul on fire. But I'm really still looking for and trying to realign with like this playing, this like lightheartedness, this being giggly and feeling free and whatever that would have looked like. And I'm still figuring out right now, all I can think of is like doing cartwheels and like beautiful wildflowers and just whatever. But well, hey, about, sometimes you have to do yeah. that, like doing right. like childlike play. I mean, I'm jumping on here on this I love it like I have my own like mantra yeah for myself and that has like three words in it and the first word is playfulness mm. so that's where like and it's like the first word in the series and I'm just like well if I bring playfulness the next two words which is right. um open and committed just fall into place so like I don't even have to think about them but it's like the gateway is playfulness and bringing that childlike play and sometimes yeah. I do that. Like there's one friend I go, I want a spin hug. Like you lift me up and spin me around oh. like a little kid. Like <laughs> you, you got to do that. So that way I'm just like, it just reminds me to be, be playful and have fun because like when you're a little kid and you ask your parent or an adult to do that, like how many times you're like, again, again, again. And like the adults, like I got to stop because I'm going to fall over now. Yeah. But that's so true. That's so good. And I think as kids, we were such like healers too, mm-hmm. like, like physical, like being picked up or like hype or being on swings, like actual motion was really a part of that as well, or like playing at recess. So yeah, I think that's so important you know, for, for young professionals and millennials, you know, going through this and feeling a little bit disconnected, find something that kind of lights up your soul or makes you feel like a kid or go to, you know, go to like those golfing ranges. That's fun. Or an arcade or like one of those bounce house or trampoline or laser tag, like do, do fun things like that um, to reignite your soul and probably creativity as well. I think also you need to drop the judgment in that as well. Like we were talking about judgment before we started recording. And I think a lot of times like people think that since you're an adult that you hit whatever magical age this is. And I don't think it's 18 because still when you turn 18, people still treat you like a child. Um, But it's like whatever this magical number, this magical time is it's like, you can't do the childlike things. You can't go and, you know, bring more playfulness in what you did as a child because somehow like that's immature or like irresponsible and judgment comes in and, you know, I've been there and sometimes even I do that. But at the same time, I'm like, well, what does my inner eight-year-old want? 
Yeah. And a lot of times, like in my life, when it feels like turmoil and all of that, I'm like, oh, I'm not paying attention to my inner eight-year-old. And I'm just like, what does she need? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, she needs this. I'm going to go do that. And like when I lived in the Twin Cities, Mall of America has its own indoor amusement park. Right. So, yes. so I'm just like, oh, I want to go ride a roller coaster. Yes, it's a little kid roller coaster, and it's not as scary as if, like, you're going to go on Six Flags, but it mm-hmm. still, like, was fun, and yeah. I didn't care. Like, right. it was just, like, bringing that joy, that playfulness, like, mm-hmm. all of that in. Yeah, it's that's such good advice, and I think the other piece of judgment is, like, if you're, if you have this thought and you want to do something, but then it's followed by, like, well, I wouldn't be good at that, so why would I do it? you know, Mm -hmm. do it anyway, because the good is the enjoyment factor, not how good your painting turns out, or whatever you're doing, Um, the goodness is in the moment of doing it, not the, the result should be that you had a fun time, not that, you know, you needed to, (laughs) like, you know, paint a masterpiece, I think of painting, because that's one day, I was like, I really want to paint, Am I a great painter? No, but I went to like Michael's craft store and I bought a bunch of paint and I literally said, you will not judge yourself. You will not try to make this beautiful. You will just enjoy doing it. And so doing things like that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brings you, it's like talking about that ebb and flow. It just takes you back into like whether you're in gymnastics doing on the beam or like when I was in basketball, you're just like, focused you're present in that moment you don't care you don't care what's going on in the stands you don't care about what is going on in your life off the court it's just like you're on the court you're here to do this thing be present and then go with the like the flow afterwards yeah so true so good and to yeah lean into that it's all it's all a journey it's all a process you know, if you mess up or there's a mistake or something doesn't feel good that you thought would, good news is, is that you probably get to make another decision and you probably get to choose again mm-hmm. and, um, and let it go. Because <laughs> our, in our life, we take, obviously, we take these things that we think are really important Mm-hmm. And we think about them and we obsess over them and then there comes a time where you're like why did I why did I waste all that energy yeah. <laughs> on that <laughs> like, because you know I, I sometimes like to break it down to the most basic terms like we get to be in this life and I think a part of it is enjoyment I would hope that should be our like main priority is to feel good and to have these amazing experiences, not to dwell or worry or, you know, suffer from uh, things that maybe we could change or maybe we could put a different perspective on. Yeah. So many like sports analogies going on in my head about that, like as well, like the whole conversation of it all. Um, but walk me through like what happens, like when one of the student athletes come in or Mm -hmm. a former athlete comes to you and they're just like, 
in the middle of it. Like my life is over. I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I used to do all of this and now I'm like, I have to come up with it on my own. Like, Mm -hmm. what would you walk me through what you would push them essentially through? So yeah, when I've had, you know, it's not surprising that I do this work um, because I feel like I can help in a way. And I ended my sport early as well via injury. And when I have an athlete come in, you know, it could be fresh. Like some come in like right after their cut and it's just straight tears. And I just say, use this space. Like I am here when you need me, but for the next however many minutes, you just let it out, whatever it is. Because I think that's the other part of emotion. Like as athletes, we're not supposed to express a ton of emotion when it's negative. Of course, like when we do something well, but I think emotion and expression is not always at the forefront of athletics. Well, I think also like with athletics, talking about emotion is just like, we don't learn how to really express it like verbally. Right. Sports becomes our outlet. Like Mm -hmm. we work through things by being physical with it and that's how we express what's going on so then like when you take that away and you're sitting there like I'm even challenged with it too they're like how are you feeling and I'm like I don't know yeah I'm just feeling processing and that's (laughs) fine because it we don't have to define it so you know if it's fresh I just let them have that space if they're coming and they're like my mind is spinning I don't know what to do I tried all these things I'm like have you just taken the time to just be to not try to jump into something else, to not try to replace sport with another activity, because that's what I did. My activity was professional development, doing all the things, internship, but I didn't take time to actually just be. And like, you can be a student and just be a student and take a breath, because probably for the last 15 years of your life, you were grinding it out. Mm. So, feel in that moment. And I always tell them like, like I am not here to say that it's going to be better in a week or six months, but I'm here to say that whatever emotions that you're feeling, feel them, give them respect. Like, oh, it, it, you know, like a part of you has kind of diminished a little bit. So kind of honor that. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel you know, a bit more, I would say just settled, you know, with any change, it takes a minute. You're not supposed to figure it out the next day and hit the ground running to something else, especially something that was so close to your heart. It's like a relationship. It's like you just broke up. Mm -hmm. So take time to not jump into something right away. And if you do have, like have to maybe, jump into something like make sure you build that time in your schedule like 30 minutes to just be and not think of your to-dos or the expectation that you have to hold or you know in the past like be mindful be present be thankful for all of the experiences that you had and then from there like once they're in a good place I think I have them I try to have them like listen to your intuition and you might not like think of it like oh i'm i'm really intuitive but when you're daydreaming in class what are some things that you're thinking about 
when you see something that really excites you, what is that thing? And so just to become very curious about your thoughts and your feelings, and because I think that's about, it's all about awareness and getting to know ourselves, especially as we're becoming adults, right? Mm -hmm. Adulting, getting to know ourselves. And from there, being able to, you know, and I always tell them, however you process information, whether that's hearing it or writing it, like I'm a writer, I gotta write things out. I gotta, you know, doodle, I gotta draw. So connect with some type of um, method where you're just like writing out what what interests you, what feels good to you, and it's not judged. Like you're not putting judgment on it. Even like, um, I watched a butterfly today and it made me so happy. Like it, it does not need to be anything um, crazy, but I just think it, it helps you kind of tone back in or tune back into the moment and start to recognize other parts of you that you didn't get to see because you were constantly doing your sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I, on the flip side, when they're chasing, you know, their, their next passion, their career, I'm always there for support to, to help with the more like technical things. Like let's create the LinkedIn profile. Let's uh, create your resume. Let's look at that cover letter. And then let's talk about interviewing and, you know, kind of the standard protocol. Mm-hmm. But I also really love asking them, you know, like, what do you want from life? Or what would be like your ideal life? Because I think people... Or, you know, when you're asked, like, what do you want to do? And, like, if you said you wanted to be, like, a famous, you know, YouTube surfer, people are like, okay. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and it it shouldn't be that way. Like, you dream as big as you can because probably from that big vision, you're going to come across other things along the way that you really enjoy because you're reaching for something that, for some reason, is calling your heart. So don't let anyone try to put your dream in a box or say it's too big or like that's silly because it's your dream. And I like, I always make athletes laugh when I say like, well, like, would you want to lay on a beach three out of the the seven days of the week? Or like, Mm -hmm. what sounds so good to you? And to think about that, because I don't think we always are put in a setting to that's true. I mean, that's good advice for anyone who's not like, even if they are an athlete or not an athlete, because mm-hmm. I mean, everyone goes through an identity crisis. I mean, yeah. it's called a quarter life, midlife crisis for a reason. <laughs> but even though like, I feel like just because I'm an, was an athlete or a competitive athlete that like, it's just more intense that way because, you know, it's, it's like a hard stop versus sometimes that can be gradual, um, Mm -hmm. for other people, but yeah, like, and then bringing curiosity to it. I think that's a big one too. Like, mm -hmm. I agree. And that might be a life journey, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. if we're not growing, we're dying kind of thing. Like Mm -hmm. if, if you get to a standstill where you're stagnant in your life, and you feel that, and as athletes, that's going to bother us, mm-hmm. oh, then start look, like start being curious, start looking, start looking and listening to your heart, and 
where your mind is going. Because I think, I hope, right, that it'll help, that you're like thinking things for hopefully a reason, or that your heart's feeling things for hopefully, hopefully mm -hmm. a reason, yeah. But that also requires them to just be, which is, yeah. again, like challenging for yeah. anyone who's a doer, essentially, like just sit and be and tune in probably like one of the hardest things they can even do um, to even think, hear that intuition or be like, well, maybe I'll try this class and see what happens. Yeah. Or just like this, I don't know what this class is about, but I want it. I want to do right. it. So then go do it and just follow that, like the breadcrumbs the universe gives you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yes. I love it. Yeah. So yeah what's a book a resource podcast anything you would recommend to the audience that has supported you or that has supported any of your athletes that have come through like mm -hmm. yeah well I think there are so many right and thankfully we live in a world where there are just there's probably something for everyone which is so cool but I guess I would say that I started out my, I would say like personal development experience by reading the book, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Oh, I love that book. And so that was like, that kickstarted everything. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. There's like, there's, it's just perspective widening, right? Like there's so much more than these tracks that we think we have to be on in life. And so love that book. I really enjoy Lori Harder. She has a podcast called Earn Your Happy. And she interviews just the most phenomenal people. But yeah, like all about following your bliss. And she talks a lot about playing and being okay with taking messy action. Because the part that you need is that action. So who cares what, you know, the initial process looks like? No one started off as an expert, right? So she's pretty phenomenal. My, like, podcast lists are just very extensive. So extensive. But I'd say Lori Harder's probably uh, definitely one that's always downloaded. And then, you know, depending on kind of where your spirituality lies, I I listen to a podcast that's called Soul in the Raw, and they're just hilarious. Real, real women breaking down various aspects of spirituality and femininity, and it's awesome. So, yeah, those are a few, but again, there, there's so much. And I'm even a person where, and this sounds kind of weird, but when I listen to a podcast, if I don't resonate with the person's voice, then I know it's not for me. It's really weird. Like I have to really um, connect with it. Again, like that intuition, like I listen for 30 seconds. I'm like, you know what? Not what I need today or not what I'm looking for today. And also being aware of that because we have so much all the time and so many opportunities for information overload, but to mm -hmm. choose wisely and to choose intentionally when you are going to absorb information and hopefully uh, do so with the most present 
ness that you possibly could. Um, mm-hmm. because sometimes you're sometimes you need that podcast. Like that's that motivational push. Sometimes you need the funny one. That's like you just need to relax a little bit. And sometimes you need nothing. Sometimes you can drive in a car with no music. You know, and so mm-hmm. I think I was on a stretch there for probably two years where I was like, I listened to everything. I had every audio book and then I just got overwhelmed. And so I started listening to my brain and my body. Like, what do I need right now? I think I need like some chill music actually instead of that, that podcast because that's where I'm at. So lean into that as well. Everything that you're meant to hear, you will hear. Mm-hmm. 100%. Nobody. Yeah. Agree. And I don't think it's weird that you're just like have to resonate with the voice. I mean, <laughs> yeah. athletes have weird superstitions anyway. So it's yeah. not <laughs> like, that's not weird. Yeah. You, you need to have like your smelly old socks from whatever right. to like, okay, cool. Go do that. I don't know. I mean, I had a hair tie and special socks too. So totally. yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's really good to like, you know, check in because even like with doers and stuff is like, they are like checking off the boxes, learn, learning something new, and then you get an information overload, and then you're like, well, maybe I'm not going to do that for a while. I mean, I've even gone through my own process talking to a coach of mine. I'm just like, I feel like I'm self-sabotaging because I'm like, I'm not journaling at the moment. I'm not doing this at the moment. Like I've been doing it for the past four, three or four months, and now I'm just not. And But I'm like, then I'm just I'm binge-watching some tv at the moment and Mm -hmm. she's like well maybe that's what you need yeah yeah maybe you just need the break yeah maybe your body needs to catch up your brain needs to catch up and this is how it is and I'm like okay that feels better yeah right again yes I love it getting that feedback and wanting to like have that perfect checkbox and doing all of the things and making Mm -hmm. sure you're like on track like but yeah you do need a minute just like even like any sports or athletes like after an injury you need a second like the rest days are more important than the grind days because that's when everything can catch up yes it's so true so many metaphors for life (laughs) oh my god I know I'm just again more wheeling wheeling (laughs) going on great all right so I have uh, only like three more final questions for you so where can everyone find you like where do you hang out the most on social media all of that clearly her sports story podcast go download it Mm -hmm. yep go check it out season two will be coming out with the new year there's about 30 podcasts on there for season one right now but also I would say I'm mainly on Instagram and it's just at her sports story and then I do have a website as well and that's www.hersportstory.org perfect awesome yeah go follow guys okay two final questions and these are my favorite questions to ask what is your bravest moment or what would you define as your bravest moment that is so good I think when, so I had started my professional development at Sacramento State, but I'd always wanted to live in Santa Barbara 
in California by the beach. And my husband had an opportunity to do one of his political rotations for physical therapy down there. And I was just like, I'm going to move. I'm going to get up and move because it's something that I've always wanted to do. And so we moved there for three months. And I worked um, at a place where I didn't work in sports at all. And boy, oh boy, was that like transition all over again. Like I, identity gone, right? Mm-hmm. No one knew me here. Um, I thought the beach would solve everything. And it didn't. <laughs> and, it didn't. <laughs> and, but it was, I think, two brave moments. One leaving, or maybe the braver moment was coming back. And moving mm. back to Sacramento and coming back to Sacramento State. Because, yeah, you, you all know my pride and ego. It was like, oh, like, ugh. you know, I was, that was supposed to work out for me. And it didn't. But it provided such clarity in what I needed in my life. Mm. What I needed in a career. What I needed in a, in a home. What I needed in the community that I was going to live in. So, yeah bravest moment moving right back moving back in with my parents like doing the whole boomerang thing um because yeah I could have let my pride just really eat me up and um, who knows probably could have could have been there but I knew and I listened to my soul and my heart and made the made the decisions so yeah yeah no, that does take a lot of bravery and courage to go do. But again, mm-hmm. like you have to take action. If you want to have done, right. if you want to have moved, you want to have known, and then it would mm-hmm. always be on your mind. And I'm a v- very much an advocate of like, if it's going to be on your mind and it keeps yeah. coming up and it keeps coming up, like go right. do it. Yeah. Like, go. Yep. And so, I mean, I'm there's still some days that I'm just like, go do it and I'm like nope not going to but then like Mm -hmm. eventually eventually I'll do it but then there are other times I'll like you know what it feels like to constantly be thinking about this one thing but yet not doing it I'm like okay fine I'll go do it it's just really weird but it's true but yeah moving back in after like leaving yeah and leaving yeah 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 I would say that was it or one of them I'm sure there's more, but that was the one that came to mind. <laughs> well, someone needed to hear it, and it's what's mm-hmm. resonating with you right now. So, yeah. 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 And then my last question is, what does brave mean to you? Mm. We kind of talked about this because we were talking about Gabby Bernstein. And I think brave is being certain that there will be uncertainty and doing it anyway, you know, and not letting the what ifs or the fears or what people have said or what they might think get in the way of doing something that you truly want to do. And when I see people, you know, that are brave, of course, when anyone's doing like a a physical challenge or, you know, like fighting for a country, yes, Mm -hmm. so brave but also the people that, that wrote their book and self-published it and put it out there. Also the people that started a podcast. 
also the people that left that job that was supposed to be the end-all be-all for them. So I think it, it comes in various ways and different forms. But I think that the result of being brave is being grounded and trusting yourself. And I think that's worth so much. Mm-hmm. I love it. hundred percent being certain there's uncertainty and doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then like grounded and trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Those all just feel really good to me right now. They're really good. And they're like, it's so true. Like change is inevitable. Like mm-hmm. it's going to always happen. Yeah. And being grounded in yourself is probably the best thing you could ever, like best gift you could give yourself. Yes. Totally. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really loved interviewing you and like talking all day long about like athletes and what's up for you and like the personal development and all of that. Slightly jealous you went to see Gabby Bernstein, but you know, well, I'll have my time. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Find her book tour. If she's doing a book tour, I think she actually just wrapped up the West Coast. So she mm-hmm. might be heading, you know, your way. But thank you so much for having me and thank you for doing what you're doing and you're a phenomenal interviewer. So I can't wait to see everything that's in store for you. Thank you. Hey everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Built Brave. If you love this episode, heck, if you like this episode, please head on over, give it a rate, review, subscribe, like, shout it out on your social media with your major takeaways and what you loved about the episode. And as always, tag me in that at Low Wentworth because I love hearing what you guys got out of the episodes. And until next time, remember, you've always been brave.